You are listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host and teacher, Darius Good. He is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center and founder of Good Treasure Ministries. He is the author of the books, Unlocking Godly Wisdom and The Divorced Christian. For more information, visit the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. And now here's your host, Darius Good. Welcome to another episode of The Divorced Christian Podcast Show. I'm your host, Darius Good. Thank you for joining us on today. On today, we're gonna get into episode 29, it's called the courts or the Jewish courts kept blacklist of affairs. But first, visit our website on today, thedivorcedchristian.com. We are doing our book signing in a week uh, here in the city of New Haven in Connecticut, which is located in the United States. And I'm saying that because we have listeners all over the world. We just hit 46 countries of listeners that tune in to the Divorce Christian podcast show. So I thank you, all you listeners that are tuning in regularly. Um, This topic for me has been uh, so eye-opening for me um, in understanding the scriptures, understanding the Old Testament, which has brought more clarity to understanding the New Testament. So I encourage you, I encourage you to continue to tune in on a weekly basis. Um, So now we're getting into some of the meat of the information that we are learning that I've provided in the book. The book can be found on the website at thedivorcedchristian.com. There we also have uh, resources at the bottom of that page. Um, I recently added a link regarding the Sanhedrin. When I hear Christians teach or talk about adultery and the consequence, uh, they are so far off. Um, The link that I provided is a book of the Sanhedrin. And it talks about uh, the requirements for a court, requirements for judges, requirements for um, witnesses. Um, It's a a complete breakdown of their court system. And I found it to be extremely fascinating. And so at some point, we're going to get into that information as well, um, because Jesus, the woman was brought to Jesus caught in the act of adultery and they were not following the laws. So there's so much in that story to unpack, especially based on the information that we now know regarding the Sanhedrin. So this is information that we're going to be getting into in due time. But today, let's talk about this blacklist that these uh, priests kept track of. So today you're listening to episode 29 and it's entitled The Jewish Courts Kept Blacklist of Affairs. This topic of adultery, the topic of divorce has been a major subject in the church. Um Many of the teachings on a Sunday morning will include a list of what you can't do. So adultery is usually number one on that list. One of the reasons is, is listed that way in our New Testament scriptures. And so oftentimes our ministers will just preach. It's funny. They really preach on the law, the things that are not permitted. And these are the same things that are not permitted in the Torah or the law of Moses. But we're teaching it from a New Testament understanding that we are not under the law, but yet we can't break these laws. And so I found many teachers uh, don't know how to uh, explain the concept of, in essence, keeping the law, but not being under the law. Now, if any of you need an explanation regarding that, please reach out to me. I encourage you. My email is there in the notes of this podcast show. 
shoot me an email. If you're interested in that subject, I will do an episode explaining the law and how we're not under the law, but we're still required to keep laws that was established in the law of Moses. So back to this subject, there's so much debate over what Jesus was saying, what Jesus meant. When we read this scripture here in Matthew chapter five or in Matthew chapter 19, uh, Christian community has drawn their own conclusion as to what Jesus is saying. And as you've heard me saying, if, if, you, if you've been listening to this, this show, a lot of these conclusions are drawn because we don't know the culture, we don't know the laws. And if we understood that, then that information would make perfect sense when you say, oh, I now understand the law of Moses. That's exactly what Jesus was talking about. But when you don't know, we end up uh, trying to, to our best ability, figure out and make sense of what Jesus was saying. So in Matthew chapter five, verse 31, it hath been said, whosoever shall put away his wife, let him give her a writing of divorcement. At verse 32, it says, but I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced, committeth adultery. I guess the word but has thrown off a lot of people at the beginning of verse 32. But if you follow how Jesus is teaching on the Sermon of the Mount, he uses the word but repeatedly. So he'll say in the law or in ancient times or in times of old, he says, but I say, well, he never uh, opposes the law of Moses. In every case, he brings more insight, more clarity. And, and, and we, we say that, more insight, more clarity, but that even that's not true because Jesus was still Old Testament. He was still teaching the law. So the clarity that we claim Jesus, so let me give you this example just so you can follow what I'm explaining. In Matthew chapter five, at verse 21, it says, you have heard that it was said by them of old, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you, this is the beginning of verse 28, that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So we have this word, but used again. Now we understand Jesus was not saying now it is okay to commit adultery, but he went on and provided um a deeper understanding that involves the heart. It's not just the act, physical act of adultery, but now what transpires in the heart, the, de- uh, the mind, and the desire of a person, God is judging that as well. And so Christians teach uh, Jesus was now providing this new revelation, and it's not true. This is Old Testament teachings. If you go back to the law of Moses, The law says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Covet is a inward working, an inward desire. It doesn't have to be verbally expressed. But the law says you cannot covet your neighbor's wife. And he goes through a list of things besides the wife that you are not permitted to covet. Paul explains this in Romans chapter 7, verse 7. And it reads, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid, no. 
I had not known sin, but by the law. So the law reveals sin. That's what Paul's saying. For I had not known lust, except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. So there we have the connection between lust and the law, which is exactly what Jesus was explaining in Matthew 5, verse 28. So Jesus is not going beyond the law. He's not providing tremendous insight. He's still teaching the law of Moses. And it's a lesson that all the Jews were very familiar with. They knew the Ten Commandments and they were very familiar with the 613 laws of Moses. But when we get to verse 32, now all of a sudden, we're teaching that Jesus changed the law. So now that word, but matters. And all the other times he used it, because he uses it at verse 34, he uses it at verse 37. And so all these times, these are not changes to the law. He might actually tell you to do a certain behavior, but it doesn't oppose the law and it doesn't change the law. So when he says, let, let your yes be yes, let your no be no, that's not a change of the law. He's just telling them, do not swear to God. So at verse 32, whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery. And whosoever shall marry her, that is divorce, committeth adultery. Because we don't know what Jesus is talking about. We don't understand the culture. We don't understand the laws. We have drawn the conclusion that you can only get divorced for adultery. Now understand, the law stated, if a woman was caught in the act of adultery, then she was to be put to death, and the man was also to be killed as well. So once again, in order to understand what Jesus is saying, we came up with the idea that Jesus is teaching now grace, extend mercy, extend love. Well, that's not what he was doing, because this is actually one of the laws of Moses. So now, if a woman was put away for the cause of adultery, the husband separated from the wife for the cause of adultery, according to the law of Moses, she was put to death. The law explains that that sort of behavior, that act of adultery, caused a sin to flow through the entire body or the entire nation which is exactly what Jesus explains when he talks about if your right eye offends thee, pluck it out. And if your right hand offends thee, cut it off. He's talking about the body or the entire corporate, or we would say the congregation. These acts of sin will affect the entire congregation. And then you can find that scripture can be found in Deuteronomy 22, verse 22. If a man be found lying with a woman married to an husband, then they shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman. So shalt thou put away evil from Israel. So now back to Matthew chapter five. In our effort to understand, Jesus was not saying you can get divorced for adultery because the law required that the woman died. If you notice He's talking about them entering into an, another marriage. So now, if the woman was married, she would have to present her bill of divorce in order to enter into another marriage. Understand, these were small towns. In reading the book of the Sanhedrin, once again, that link can be found in the 
uh, on the website, thedivorcechristian.com, to scroll down to the very bottom. I got a section called Resources. Click on the book, The Sanhedrin. It talks about when they established courts in certain cities, it had to be done by numbers. So to determine if a city would have a lower court, um, and the court numbers were based on what Moses established. So he had 70 elders plus Moses, now made 71. And so one of the courts required 71 judges. And then uh, other courts would require 23. And all that was based on the type of crime that was committed. And so in, in the case of adultery, if a woman was caught in the act of adultery, she would go to a lower court, which re- would require 23 judges. Now, they had a smaller court than that, with only, which only had three judges, but they never handled capital punishment crimes. So all these details are important for us to understand the New Testament because Jesus actually talks about these And we're going into this in more detail at a later time. But when Jesus makes a statement in Matthew chapter 5, verse 22, of them being in judgment, he says, if you're angry with your brother uh, without a cause, you're in danger of the judgment. Um, If you say to your brother Raka, you're in danger, danger of the council. He's talking about these lower courts and upper courts. So the language is there, but we just kind of quickly read through it not understanding Jesus is talking to Jews who understand their court system, understand their laws, and their way of life. So now back to verse 32. All this is in the same chapter, Matthew chapter 5. Back to verse 32, Jesus is talking about a woman caught in the act of adultery that ends up remarrying. How is that even possible? Because they're required to bring a, a bill of divorce to the priest in order to remarry. Remember, the towns are very small. So when they put their court system in place, it's based on the number of people in the town. And one of the, the uh, explanations I read, in order for a town to have a lower court, they had to have, I think, 272 people, something along those lines. And so they do the numbers based on um, like one man or one judge, one judge to 10 men. And so if they didn't have enough men in the town, they wouldn't do the smaller courts. And so very fascinating information. Encourage you to read it. But back to what Jesus was explaining in verse 32. If a woman is in marriage, that means she has a binding contract, a ketubah. Things promised to her by her husband. She has been set apart for her husband and her husband alone. So she can't legally enter into a second marriage unless that ketubah has been resolved. What does that mean? It means that the man dies. She's supposed to receive everything that he promised her in writing in that ketubah, whether it's land, whether it's money, no matter what that is. If the man divorces her, he's then to provide everything that she's supposed to receive as agreed upon written in the ketubah. So once again, you can't have a binding contract with one man as a woman and then enter into a second binding contract. One reason they established these laws was because they didn't want the woman receiving money from one man, divorcing him, and then receiving money for a second man. 
and then this ends up being some sort of scam or scheme, and then she goes back to the first husband. So now she's taking the wealth from another man. So this is one reason why the law would not permit her, once she consummated a relationship with the second husband, she could not go back to the first husband. So all these laws are fascinating once you begin to understand why they were put in place and the way that they thought back in those days. So the scenario Jesus is describing here in Matthew 5 doesn't make any sense. So one of the popular teachings that does make a little more sense than what we've been teaching. It makes a little more sense as they are saying Jesus is talking about the cases, not of adultery, but cases of a woman caught in infidelity. So it's a situation of an affair. Now, in such cases, and I think we've covered this in the past, in the book of Numbers, it describes a process the woman had to go through as she was brought to the priest and understand that was once again, it's not just the priest, the man, and the woman. She was brought to a court, especially on the charge of adultery because that potentially might end up in her losing her life as well as the man that is accused of adultery with her. And so she would probably have to stand in the presence of the 23 judges in order for her to be uh, found innocent of this charge. So in Numbers, I think it's chapter five, it goes through and explains this process. And as I explained in the book, there was a very excellent article. Maybe at some point we'll read the actual article. But one of the writers, a female writer that's Jewish, uh, her understanding or belief was that this process was done so that the man could keep his wife, not the vice versa, not to find her guilty so that she could be killed because the man did not have to accuse her of adultery to divorce her. It wasn't necessary. So why go through all this trouble to find her guilty when all you had to do was divorce her and move on and let her go? But in the case of um, Numbers chapter five, the woman was brought before the court. Um, there was a book of curses that had to be pronounced and all these, these steps that she had to go through. And by going through this process, if the woman was found innocent, then she was permitted to return home with the blessing of the court pronounced upon her. And so her conclusion was that this process was really done so that the man could keep his relationship with his wife and not be found defiled. Once again, that's the law as it pertains uh, that we'll find in Deuteronomy chapter 24, where it talks about the man um, once they were divorced, uh, the woman would receive her bill of divorce so she had to be sent away from the house. But if she entered into a relationship with another man, she could not return to the former husband. And we find this in Deuteronomy 24, verse 4. Her former husband, which sent her away, may not take her again to be his wife because he would end up defiled. So bringing the woman to the court to exonerate her will allow him to go back home to his wife and not go through the process required if a man was defiled. There were all kinds of sacrifices God required a defiled man to bring to the court. So that leads us to our topic on today as we're going to discuss this blacklist that was kept for women that was caught in the act of adultery. 
Let me conclude this thought in Matthew chapter 5, verse 32, as well as in uh, chapter 19 in the book of Luke, as well as Mark, all these scriptures that deal with divorce. As, as you've been listening to my teachings, I'm explaining that Jesus is talking about the law of an adulterous marriage because the woman would be killed. So in order for her to enter into a second marriage, that would fall under the law of an adulterous marriage, which would only occur if they could not find the husband and there had received proof that he died. So if the husband was considered dead, then the woman was permitted to enter into her second marriage. She was given what was promised her in her ketubah. So now she's in this second marriage. And if it was determined that the husband was alive, then her second marriage was labeled an adulterous marriage, at which point she was required by law to divorce both husbands because she has a, a uh, binding contract with the first husband, which makes the contract with the second husband, that second ketubah is now illegal. So now she's required to divorce both men so that the first husband, she can't just return to him now that he's alive because he would end up defiled and it breaks the law of Moses once again that we saw in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse four. So I believe it's clear that once you plug in that law, that law of Moses, what Jesus is explaining makes perfect sense. A second marriage where the woman is an adulteress, the man is an adulterer, but the crime is not a crime, a capital crime. There's no result of death in that experience. And in those cases, the law did require them to divorce, which is a partial correct conclusion of our Christian teachings that in the case of adultery, they got divorced. But their adultery is not a result of cheating on a spouse. It's a result of entering into a second marriage, finding out later that your first contract was still binding. So that's where we fall into error where, with our Christian teachings. Now, let's talk about the idea of Jesus referring to women caught in an affair. Um, as I pointed out, Numbers chapter 5 was generally how that was handled up until a certain point. Um, I think at the point in which Jesus was alive, the court simply required a divorce if the woman was accused of infidelity. So she's not physically involved with the man. But in order for that to take place, the man was required to confront the woman in, in front of two witnesses. The man had to make the wife aware that he no longer wanted her to have contact with this man and it had to be done in front of two witnesses. Otherwise, she could not be charged by the court for being a, an adulterous woman. And when I say adulterous, not in the physical act of adultery, but a woman who was found guilty of infidelity. Why does this matter? It matters because if she was found guilty and the husband divorces her, then she would end up losing her ketubah. So this is a very big deal because if the man sends her away, he is not required to send her away with anything being found guilty of infidelity. So this is a very big deal. So as we're discussing the subject of affairs, a woman that enters into an affair, I'm looking into, I, this is the conclusion that I came to in my research and then began to look and say, hey, is this transpiring in modern day time? 
And I came across this article called The Rabbinical Courts Keep Blacklist of Allegedly Adulterous Women. The writer of the article, his last name is Ettinger, E-T-T-I-N-G-E-R. And the website the article is found on, I'll just spell it for you, H-A-A-R-E-T-Z.com. What I'm going to do is put the link in the notes of today's show. Now, the article talks about how according to the law of Moses, if adultery was committed in the marriage, the woman was not permitted to marry the person they were accused of committing adultery with. This goes back to the law where the man would tell the woman, I don't want you to have contact with that man. So the modern state of Israel, they explain in the article, has no laws against adultery, so adulterers can live freely, meaning they won't be stoned to death, they won't be killed. But what they cannot do is marry the person they committed adultery with in, in an official Jewish ceremony. Now, the issue gained prominence recently because of a case now being heard in the J Jerusalem Rabbinical Court. It began with a divorce granted by a rabbinical court more than 10 years ago. Though the divorce was consensual, the proceedings led the judges to suspect that it was sparked by an affair between the woman and who they're calling Mr. X. Recently, the woman sought to remarry, this time to Mr. X, but when they went to the religious council to register their marriage, the record showed a potential problem. So the register sent them to the rabbinical court for clarification. The court then informed them that to hold a Jewish wedding, they must prove they hadn't committed adultery. The woman claims her relationship with Mr. X was platonic during the time of her first marriage, and only years after her divorce did they become lovers. But the court demanded proof, and to the couple's astonishment, it invited the woman's ex-husband to testify at the hearing. You're going to want to read this article. If you're listening by radio, tune in again next week, same time. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. And until next week, be blessed. You've been listening to the Divorced Christian Podcast Show with your host, Darius Good. This was a Good Treasure Ministries production. Darius is the senior pastor of Bible Gospel Center, and he is the author of the book, The Divorced Christian. To learn more about this book and other books written by Darius, or to listen to other episodes of our podcast show, visit our website today at thedivorcedchristian.com. We pray that today's episode has brought revelation, understanding, and healing. Please like, share, and subscribe to our podcast show. And until next time, be blessed.